Hey, Fro. Hey. What do you call an Amish guy with his hand in a horse's mouth? I don't know. A mechanic. <laughs> On this episode of Another Digital Citizen, we will talk of News of the Week, TV of the Week, Eurovision, College of Integrated Philosophy, Greatest Royal Rumble Results, Backlash uh, Predictions, and another digital review of Avengers Infinity War. This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Bonjour, ladies and uh, gentlemen, and uh, welcome to this uh, podcast called Another Digital Citizen. How are you, everybody out there? I hope you're having a great week. How's your week been, Luke? It's been pretty good. Uh, I've been yes? just working a lot. It's been, been pretty nice. Uh, really, just all I've been doing is working. So, yeah. Working nine to five. <laughs> Not quite, but yes. Yes. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting to see that. I, I think, I think you, you are uh, quite, um, what I would call, um, um, what do you call people that do a lot of different things? You're not, you're not yeah. Jack of all I mean, trades, kind of. I don't know. Jack, I just I do a yeah, little of everything. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. But I mean, I I work uh, for the for WCWC as well, and that's like one of my main sources of income there. So, you know, mm. I have different jobs. I How's think your house I, going? I think anybody who doesn't have like a major production job and graduated from some kind of college with like a media uh credential as like they probably are working a second job if uh just to make make it uh, as far as like lots of people don't get a full-time full-paying job if they're working in the media industry it, you usually have to have right. another job to to pay your rent or whatever so you're not like me. That does absolutely shit nothing. I mean, in America, uh, at most lots of jobs you have to have a second or third job nowadays to just pay your rent. So yeah. it's gotten kind of ridiculous here in America. But talking about my dad, I'm going there next week. After 
after uh, doing the podcast, I'm going there on Thursday to watch the final of Eurovision and also the second semi-final where Norway is. Um, nice. Some some Eurovision gossip. Do you want some Eurovision gossip? Should we do it a little later when we talk about it? Let's do uh, your Yeah, let's just tease it now, and then we'll do it yeah. later. That way people have to listen for it. Yeah. We will talk about your vision later. I have some gossip. Uh, but uh, let's start with uh, the news. The news. The we news. About... Yes. Uh, we talked about Donald Trump uh, releasing uh, JFK's uh, action files. Uh, that was one of his big things that he was like, oh, I'm going to release everything. But now he delays some of the JFK assassin files until 2021. Um, he loved last year to release all the long secret files. So, uh, but in a White House memo, Trump said that uh, it's the nation's, nation's intelligence community uh, pursued him to keep some of the documents secret because of their exposure could harm identifiable national security law enforcement and foreign affair concerns. Right. How this happened since right. Kennedy was killed? 63, wasn't it? Anybody who was a law enforcement officer, they had to have been at over 30 years old at that time, prob- you know, that, that would have been uh, involved in this. They would have had to have been at least in their late 20s. So how old would they be now? Dead? That's how old? So yeah, I don't understand how they're protecting anybody, but it does say they're also looking out for uh, law enforcement's families. So it could mean like... Uh, people's families who are down the lo- like generations uh, of families. I don't know. Mm. Trump gave the uh, CIA, FBI, and other agency a deadline of April 24th to release the last remaining documents related to the investigation to President Kennedy's assassination. Uh, and uh, now. Uh, now it's 2024. No, 2021. 2021. 2021. 2021, right. Yeah. October 2021 is what it's saying. Uh, but even the ones that they because really, we did a story on this, what, four months ago, five months ago or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, when he did, um, when he released, released the other some. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, they were really some. redacted. That's the thing, yeah. like... The, it, there wasn't a lot in there, mostly because of how much was redacted. Like, you can release a file, and it can be the the heading and, like, a word. And then the whole thing, uh, the whole rest of the page could be redacted, you know what I mean? Mm. And when they, when they put out a story that says they released the files, that counts as releasing a file, even though there's no information on it. So, kind of a weird little loophole for them. Why can't we be friends? Why we can't we be friends? Do you remember that song? I do. Not from my childhood, but I do remember that song. Yeah. North and South Korea is singing that song right now because 
They are friends! They are friends, look! I totally believe this! <laughs> sorry, sorry. <coughs> this is not a PR stunt at all. <coughs> I believe them. The leaders of North and South Korea agreed to pursue peace agreements in historic talks on Friday, but stayed clear of specific questions of Pyjang, nuclear weapons, leaving uh, uncertainties about the regime's willingness to cede ground on its arsenal ahead uh, of a meeting between Kim Jong-un and President Donald Trump. After an eight-and-a-half-hour meeting uh, the, the, in the demilitarized de zone uh, that was heavy on shows of uh, immunity between Kim and Moon Yen In in his South Korean counterpart. Both men agreed to take steps in dial down tensions and talk, start talks with the US and perhaps China. Uh, aimed a declaration within a year and a formal end to the 1950 to 1953 Korean War. The conflict ended. Uh, yeah. And uh, 65 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Despite some skirmishes for 65 years, which the North Koreans have. They've maintained that the war is, has never ended. Right. At least to their people. That's what they say. So uh, that's their stance on it. But this is a big. This is big. Just, just to have these two mm. get together and have a meeting is big. No. I don't fucking believe it. Uh, you don't believe what? <laughs> I don't believe... I think this is uh, propaganda. I don't believe anything coming out of Kim Jong-un's mouth. Well, this was also out of the South Korean leader's mouth. See, they they got together and mm. had a meeting. I mean, there's... I don't know what... I don't know where what the propaganda you're, you're seeing here. Maybe I'm missing something. I, I just don't believe that they are good buddy buddies. I don't, I don't think they're think good so. buddy buddies. I think they're, but they are at least in talks. It doesn't mean that it's going to go anywhere. This could all fall apart tomorrow. But it is. That's what I mean. I don't. Uh, yeah, but yeah. that doesn't mean it's. Doesn't mean it. You know, it doesn't mean it's propaganda. Or it's it. It's not trying to like sell you that. Uh, there is going to be peace, but actuality, there's going to be war. I don't see that as as the purpose of this story, at least. Uh, I I think they're trying. I think that that uh, North Korea has realized uh, who they're messing with a little bit at this point, and mm. they're like, they maybe uh, now that Kim Kim Jong Un is in there and it's not his father anymore, he's realizing maybe I need to work with these people because they can blow my whole country up. Do you think he's... Uh, how, how can I ask this? Uh, do you think he's afraid? A little, like, <laughs> afraid of... Well, we put of... all those... Uh, China and us just recently put huge sanctions on them, like more mm. sanctions than we already had. Uh, and then we, you you saw those people that were trying to escape. Remember those like, and they were sh being shot by the guards. They were trying to escape into South Korea. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. There were videos yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, and that that's because there's 
probably massive famine and people dying because they don't have enough food and everything else because of these uh, different restrictions that we uh, put on trade and uh, to them. And so my guess is their only option is to deal. Otherwise, uh, they're all slowly going to be killed uh, because of these sanctions. So, I mean, that was the only real way to go. The other option besides sanctions was to bomb them. And uh, I always said sanctions was a better idea, but it still hurts the people of the country. So it, it uh, in any way, you're going to hurt the people inside North Korea. But um, I don't know. It, it The thing, at least in this article, it seems like uh, they haven't really talked exactly about nuclear weapons, but... From what I was to understand, um, there have been discussions uh, between North Korea, South Korea, and uh, the Trump administration talking about the nuclear, like, not necessarily saying, oh, we need you to get rid of them now, but that they're having talks about it, so... Mm. No, I, I don't I, I don't really understand... I think I think kind of this is uh, they they're trying to do it now uh, before the talks with Trump, uh, so he will come more uh, powerful into those talks maybe. So he uh... has uh, more leeway and more cards on his side, like oh see uh, we made peace with North uh, South Korea now you're 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 next if you kind of see what I mean like oh see, oh see? to Trump right yeah. I mean it's possible I mean that it, uh South Korea is our ally so that would make sense I mean I it, he is uh Kim, Kim Jong-un is definitely signaling at least that he wants to deal and that's something different than what we what we've seen in the past so uh, we'll see what happens. Another Russian uh, power plant uh, dubbed a nuclear Titanic by environment campaigners set off Saturday at the start of a journey that will take it up Norway's coast. Oh, I can't wait to say say this name. Akademik Lumonosov, the world's sure first floating nuclear power plant left the Baltic shipyard in St. Petersburg on Saturday morning. It's expected to reach the (laughs) Swedish coast next week before making its way through the narrow Öresund Straits across the Kattegat and into the north and uh, Norwegian Sea. Uh, Russia's development of floating nuclear power plants has uh, generated alarm among its Nordic neighbors, with Norway's foreign foreign minister Berge Brende last June uh, warning that the plan to transport its fully fueled raised serious questions. We're following this closely through our cooperation with other countries and uh, though our own nas- and through our own national agency Johan Friisberg director of Swedish radiation safety agency told Sweden state broadcaster SVT 
Karolina Skogs, Swedish environment minister, argued last week, last June, that floating nuclear power station created a new type of risk. Of course, it's risky. It's important that Russia makes its uh, every effort to fulfill the criteria of international agreements, which should be seen as implying to floating nuclear power stations as well, she said. This is interesting. A giant floating nuclear power station. I mean, you just look at what happened in Fukushima and what, like, the spread of radiation in the ocean that happened there. Uh. But, I mean, there's two different sides to this. Some people think that uh, radioactive power is nuclear power, I mean, is... It's, it's pretty safe as long as you do it in the right way, I guess. Um, is I wonder if this would be more safe than Fukushima, because mm. that was on land being hit by water, where it didn't... Where, like, this is on water, and if it gets into, like, a swell, it's going to be able to move with the ocean, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know, but it says here... Uh, nuclear reactors bobbing around the Arctic Ocean will pose a shockingly obvious threat to the fragile environment, which is already un- under enormous pressure from climate yeah, no, change. Uh, Jan <laughs> ha- Haverkamp from Greenpeace Central, e- Eastern yeah. Europe, has said. <clears throat> um, so this could be it. I mean, this is... The other thing is, why is it in Norway? Yeah. Or why is it right above Norway? Why is it... Are, what are they powering with this? Yeah, no clue. That's my question. Shouldn't it be a like above Russia, powering yeah. something in Russia? I don't understand. Yeah, no, me neither. I don't understand, but it it is international waters, so I guess they can do that. What the fuck they want? True. Uh, we talked about the uh, the sex scandal in the Swedish Academy that also gives out uh, peace prize and things like that. Uh, we talked about that some weeks ago. Um, there's be we said that we would follow it up. It hasn't been any more development other than this week uh, when a sixth member of the Swedish Academy has announced that she's stepping down or is. Uh, the handling of the sexual harassment allegations against the member's husband. Right. Uh, Just the, ha- the it, handling of the sexual harassment allegations. Right. So this, right. th- it's not like there were more sexual harassment uh, problems. No. This was no. the this handling. This is the same of, fucking right. problem. Yes. Sara Strindberg, a novelist, a really good novelist, by the way, on Friday asked uh, for permission to stand down from her duties. Uh, the Academy announced on their one-sentence press announce uh, sent out Saturday. The Swedish Academy would like to communicate that Sarah Strindberg uh, on April 27th have requested to leave uh, her post as a member, the Academy said. Uh, Andreas Olsson, the Academy temporary Perm- temperature how is it temperature permanent secretary how how can it be something temporary and permanent at the same time <coughs> she's the temporary permanent secretary right how is that possible it, it's just the name but it does sound really stupid it's the yeah, permanent sounds... secretary is the name <laughs> of the position and she's just there temporarily <laughs> yes uh 
<laughs> she said me permanent. <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, um, we truly regret Sarah Strandberg's decision to leave the academy. We are currently engaged in the process of recovery of her abilities would have been valuable. So this is just another woman getting out of the Swedish Academy. It seems like they have no fucking clue what they're doing in the Swedish Academy right now. I mean, I just think they're probably all friends and some of these people probably covered for the for the guy. Or maybe yeah. for the lady for you know, they talked to the lady and knew about it and didn't say anything and they're all just getting in trouble because they were covering for this guy and it came out. That's my guess is what happened. Mm. But there really isn't any information as to uh, how this lady was related to it. So no, and uh, and it it looks it looks them uh, it makes them look fucking unprofessional. That's that's what I I I I think. I think if it will be interesting to see if they just get everybody out and like start just redo from it. Scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I would do. I doubt that's point. what's going to happen, but uh, I, I bet they'll just replace as many people as they need to. Right. Yep. But uh, does this mean that uh, Trump can't take the Nobel Prize? I don't know. We talked about like two weeks ago about yeah. like whether or not it was uh, some kind of hackers that had, uh, or like Russia had gone in there and uh, nominated him for a Nobel Peace Prize. They were investigating that. Did we ever hear anything about that, or has no. this scandal kind of taken over that? Yeah, it's taken over that. Right. But uh, South uh, South Korean President Moon Moon Jae has uh, sh uh, shaken off a suggestion that received the Nobel uh, Prize saying that the uh, U.S. President Donald Trump <laughs> can take the Nobel Prize as long as Korea receives uh, peace in return. Moon right, made so this a... goes kind of back to our first story, obviously. Yes, yes. Moon made the comment on Monday responding to suggesting he would receive an award by uh, uh, the widow of late South Korean President Kim Dae-yung, uh, who was awarded the Nobel Prize in 2000 after a summit with the uh, then Northern Korean leader Kim Jong-il. So he wouldn't be that interested in getting the Nobel Prize. Trump can take it. I guess so. That's what he's saying. Okay. I I don't really know why he does. Uh, uh, he says President Trump can take the Nobel Prize. The only thing we need is peace. Mm -hmm. So that it's in a way, it's kind of like a a little bit of a like you said earlier. Maybe they're just trying to get on Trump's good side before these talks that are going to happen. Yep. Soon. <laughs> um, it looks like that. And it looks like I mean. Uh, the last time they had talks, or maybe this is the last time they had talks, when Kim, it says in 2000 after a summit with Kim Jong-il, you mm -hmm. know, this is before Kim Jong-un took over, 
there was a Nobel Prize given for that. So, in a way, it kind of seems like a, there's a possibility a Nobel Peace Prize could be given for this summit. Um, and there's, and like you said, Fro, I think maybe they're just trying to get on Trump's good side before these talks. Uh, but I don't think the that the Academy, the Nobel, the Peace Prize Academy is going to give one to Trump. I really doubt that. <laughs> I hope not. Well, they uh, gave one to Obama, and he just drone bombed everybody. So you uh, never know. You never know. <laughs> That's true. Uh, hey, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders has come with the worst plan ever. Yeah, he, uh, he wants to unveil a plan that guarantees every American a job. That is so socialist. Oh wait, that's a good idea. Yes. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'll read this one. Sanders' jobs guarantee would fund hundreds of projects throughout the United States aimed at addressing priorities such as infrastructure, health care. Ooh. Ooh. Look, they spelled health wrong there. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, Seattle Times. The hey, environment. Peace uh, care. It's peace H- care. H-E-A-T-H. Like the candy bar. Yeah. They're taking care of candy bars. No. Yes. Okay, I'll start that over. Sanders' job guarantee would fund hundreds of projects throughout the United States aimed at addressing priorities such as infrastructure, health care, the environment, education, and other goals. Under the job guarantee, every American would be entitled to job under one of these projects or receive job training, training to be able to do so. Uh... According to Bernie Sanders, uh, he will unveil a plan for the federal government to guarantee a $15 an hour paying job with health care benefits to every American worker who wants or needs one. Uh, Embracing a kind of large-scale government works project that Democrats have shied away from in recent decades. I know there has been a talk from a few other Democrats about this in in pretty recently. So this is kind mm-hmm. of a new up and coming thing on this on the left side. I wouldn't say it's completely socialist because, like it says here, uh, it's giving a job to anybody who wants or needs one. So it's not like everybody. Uh, it's not like the government is giving e- everybody a specific job. You know what I mean? Right. In, like everybody in the whole country. It's uh, it's more of a whoever needs a job, they can they can have a job kind of deal and it and i guess i mean the whole thing here is give those people jobs and then also at the same time improve our in, infant infrastructure and education and environment like they'd be uh you know helping fix roads and helping build bridges and things like that right. um and need. at 15 dollars an hour that's really that's good that's yeah. a good and if you have health care that would help even more yeah um and I don't. I've seen a lot of people, at least on the conservative side, who are saying this is a horrible idea. Mostly because, like you said, of from course. evil socialism. But a evil socialism. But it, it's really silly to see conservatives say that because they're the ones that are always talking about how, oh, these lazy millennials need to go out and get a job. But then when somebody comes along and says, "Hey, I want to give everybody a job," they go, "Oh, we can't just go around giving everybody jobs." <laughs> Even though they're the ones that said people are too lazy to go and get a job. Mm-hmm. So it's very... Uh, if you're a conservative and you're saying this is bad, then you also have to say that 
it's bad for everybody to have a job. And then you'd have to say, then you have to go against saying that people are too lazy to get a job. So it's really, yeah, uh, the whole conservative side of it is confused. And, you know, some of the Democrats are against this as well uh, for different other reasons. But I don't know. What do you think about this, bro? <laughs> it's stupid. It's so fucking stupid that they are against this. This is such a good idea. This is really, really a good idea. Going against this is just because it's from Bernie Sanders. It's because sure. it's from Bernie Sanders. I know. That's what, and that's why they're going against it. If they really think about it, think of how many things that could be fixed in the United States. This is a fucking atrociously <laughs> good idea. But then it, it says it's, it's kind of yeah. Sorry. Go. It says the goal is to eliminate working poverty and involuntary unemployment altogether. Uh, says Derek Hamilton, an economic at the New School, uh, an advocate for jobs guarantee program, along with Stony Brook universities. So, but but do you smell that? I smell. Bernie Sanders running in 2020. Oh, that's definitely happening. He's already... (laughs) I mean, he's all but said he's going to. Like, he's got a plan together. He's got... um, He's been uh, gathering money. Like, he's got tons of money ready. uh, And he's already been going out, at least in 2000... He's been going out and endorsing different people for the for the 2018 elections. That's what he's been kind of focused on right now because mm-hmm. he wants progressives to get in, in uh, the Senate and the house. So uh, he's focused on that right now, but you can tell that also helps because he's going around state to state and that helps in, will help for in 2020 because he's talking to people in different places. So <sighs> two birds, like one stone. Yeah. yeah. 2020. Uh, then, but it, this almost goes a little together with uh, the Hill article you sent this week, yeah, because we know he will probably run as a Democrat uh, because he has no fucking chance otherwise. Um, the Democrats. I think start- he would. I think this this time around he may. I think Bernie Sanders has enough name recognition. He could run as like anything. He could run as a Jedi uh, and probably win, but. Mm. Uh, I think he wants to run as a Democrat because he's he's in, in that old mentality. Like he's really old, so he's in that old mentality where like I'm gonna fix the Democratic Party, right? And he thinks he can still fix it. Where I personally, I don't think the Democratic Party is fixable, is, um, worth worth fixing, or even right. possibly can be fixed at this point. Yeah. So I'm not sure, but he's an old guy and he's stuck sticking to his guns. So I'll, I'll support him. So. Strangely enough, there comes this um, article out in the Hill about the Democrats losing support among the millennial block of voters, according oh, to. Oh, this new... was a poll. This is actually a poll by Reuters. Yeah. That the article. According about. to a new yeah. Reuters poll, I was just going to say that the survey found that forty-six uh, percent uh, of the rep- uh, uh, the represent uh, said that they would vote for the Democratic. A candidate over the Republican in their congressional district. The number is down nine points from 55% who said they would back a Democrat in the survey at the same time in 2016. 28% of respondents in the poll 
published Monday said that they would uh, vote Republican, which is up one percent uh, from or one point from 2016. Uh, Reuters uh, noted that the support for the Democrats is partly fading among white voters in the 18 to 34 age bracket, while 47% of white millennials said that they would vote for a Democratic Democrat in 2016, only 39% said that they would back the Democrats this year. The number was equivalent by uh, those who said they would support the GOP candidate. The Reuters poll of 16,000 millennial voters was conducted online from January to March of this year. So that's a pretty good sample size, actually. Oh, definitely. Compared to some of the sample sizes I've seen in the past, especially of voter polls, that are way smaller than this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is not surprising to me, but this is nope. one of those things where I was talking to somebody the other day, uh, and they were... They're basic. They're they're they were a hardcore Democrat. Like they've been a hardcore Democrat their whole life, mm-hmm. and they're they were a Hillary supporter and all this, and they're still like totally for the Democrats. And they were saying, "Oh, there's no way we're not going to take over the House and Senate in 2018. We, uh, it's Trump. Everybody hates Trump." Nope. And there's kind of this um, complacency. Mm. With the Democrats right now, where they're like, mm. "Oh, it we ha- there's Ooh. Trump in there. There's yeah. no way yeah. we can lose." But it, I feel I even by these numbers right here, it shows like you are losing. Yeah, you're losing voters uh, steadily, mm-hmm. um, and people don't trust you anymore, uh, Democrats. So something needs to be done for sure. If I I don't have there, a good feeling has, that we're going to take over the House or revival of the Democratic Party. We said that since Hillary became the candidate. We, we said it even before that, that there be, need to be a revival. And when they fucking work against Bernie Sanders, as we have seen proof they have done, uh, it makes millennials even more fucking angry. And of course they would be, because uh, they are working against the candidate that's actually working for youth jobs. We see it every fucking time Bernie Sanders does anything super smart. Uh, He doesn't get only uh, problems from the Republicans. No, he gets problems from Democrats that are trying to get their own agenda over. And it fucking annoys the bejesus out of me. Right. And millennials in general. Right. So, uh... I have a bad feeling about 2018. I don't. I. Th- I just. Me too. What I told that person when they said, "Oh, we're definitely going to win nope. back the House and Senate," I said, "You just don't count your eggs before they hatch. Nope. Don't count your chickens before they hatch, because don't sell uh, enough to bear before you shoot it. It's not looking. I mean, it's still up in the air as of right now, but we're getting closer and closer, and it's not looking good to me. So. Nay. Nope. Niet. No chance. Well, we are going to uh, listen to some uh, secretly taped audio uh, that reveals that the Democratic leadership pressing progressive to leave the race. Right. Speaking of the Democrats (laughs) uh, not being trusted. (laughs) What the fucking surprise. (laughs) Um, 
I have it ready. Okay, let me get this up real quick. Uh, let me go into it a little bit. Just sure. set it up a little bit. This was um, audio recorded by uh, somebody running for a seat, uh, Till Tillman, uh, after months of pressure from the D Triple C. Uh, the conversation was edited, this conversation was edited for length. Um, and we're going to see some interesting little illustrations that they won't see on the audio podcast, but, uh, we'll have to kind of, the, uh, the audio is not a hundred percent great, so we might have to read the subtitles occasionally. So go ahead and give us a countdown for them. In three, two, one, go. You would like me to get out of the race. You would like me to get out of the race? And of course, that's, that's correct. Yeah. I know you're fundraising for Crow. Yeah. You know? I'm for Crow. I'm for Crow. So Crow is the guy who's running against this guy. I'm for Crow because a judgment was so made is, early in... The decision was made, you know, very early on, before voters had to say, that's fine, because that's... The DCCC knows better than the voters of the 6th Congressional District, and we should line up behind that candidate. That's certainly the certain uh, consequence of our decision. There are two things I would like you to consider. One may be easier than the other. The first would be... If you stay in the race... And I frankly hope you would not. But if you stay in the race... But if you stay in the race, Crow's clearly the favorite. That doesn't mean he's going to win it. It just means. No, no, I hear you. I don't know Crow well, but I think he's a decent. So before we before we go any he's backing a guy he doesn't even know. In no small part, Congressman Hoyer, because. The DCCC not only put its finger on the scale, but started jumping on the scale very early on. <laughs> jumping and on the scale? I'm mm-hmm. born and raised a Democrat. I mean, it's undemocratic to have a small elite select someone and then try to rig the primary against the other people running. And that is that is basically what's been happening. I hear you, and I disagree. But you were part I of hear you, and I disagree. Absolutely. You said absolutely. absolutely. Yes, yeah. I've been at this a long time. Yeah. Uh, when I said you need to get in strong, hard, and early, you just do it. You know, obviously, that's your choice. And you guys are shoveling money at him. I'm going to continue. You're going to continue to do it? We are going to continue to do it. And the reason why we're going to do it is because a decision was made. A decision was made to focus. It was clear that our policy and our hope that we could, early on, try to come to an agreement on a candidate. And to give that candidate all the help we could give them so that they could go on into a general election. Congressman Hoyer, I'm running a campaign against Crow and against you and against the DCCC because you guys are on Crow's side. Okay, we can stop right there. Mm. <laughs> this is awful. They, this guy, I mean, 
uh, this was secretly taped, but he admitted <laughs> that they were running against their own like party because they had chosen a candidate already. We've already chosen which candidate we want. We're not going to leave it up to the people. We've decided already. The DCCC and the powers that be in the Democratic Party had decided which person's going to go going to represent us. We don't care what the people have to say. Uh, we're going to put all of our chips backing him, and we're even going to uh, fight against you, which we saw that happen in Texas recently as well. Mm-hmm. So this is something they're doing all over the country. So, yeah. Now, uh, do you have Snapchat? Uh, no. I've never even used Snapchat, to be honest. Me? I've seen it. I mean, I know how it works, but I've never had it. <laughs> I've never downloaded the app onto my phone. I have downloaded it and tried to use it, but I didn't get it. But uh, Trump tells the truth. Fuck Snapchat. This is Tron with Tron tells the truth. Sometimes I say I hate things, but using the word hate is a strong word. I don't really hate things, and things I don't see the reason why they exist. One thing I don't see the reason why it exists is Snapchat. I tried it a few times, but I never see the meaning. Oh, what's the concept? Like, a message you just is there and then suddenly away? Oh, fucking very funny. You send me a nice picture of you and your girlfriend. Or you can only see it for 10 to 15 seconds or 5 seconds, I don't even know. I'm counting the seconds. But it's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. What's the point? Is, that, is this the way of connecting people right now? Like, oh, how much memories can I see from so many people in, in the one minute who just isn't there anymore? I like Facebook and one thing that I can go back and watch pictures from one year, two years. Well, I like just having pictures of my my fucking computer so I can, with memories on it not things will last for 5 seconds and it's, when you can send pictures all the time you also send meaningless bullshit all the time like oh hey I'm drinking a cup of coffee in the morning thank you that's what the first thing I want to know when I turn on the mobile traffic on my phone all your fucking memories who last 5 seconds and p- some people's who drink during weekends oh holy shit they are the most fucking annoying they put like 5 or 10 of those messages out and you have to watch them like you're just forced to have this bullshit updating on your phone every time well if I'm not on snapchat people are mad at that too some of my family members are using it like John John why didn't you add us on snapchat or did you see that snap I sent you 3 months ago no I didn't I fucking cut it out of my phone oh shit why didn't you send me a picture during the and the message instead. Snapchat is also about broadcasting news these days. Yeah. News. Well, you know why I don't like short fucking news? Because I want good articles. The newscast can be longer. You have to have an expansion span who lasts more than fucking one minute. You can read an article with more than thousand words. That is possible. But people don't. They fill their head with all those short news when half of the, most of the facts are gone anyway and they get in total fucking paranoid. Sit down, read the news, enjoy yourself, log off of Snapchat, cut away Facebook for a while and as you know, this Tron Tells the Truth, you can find ever on Snapchat. This was Tron, Tron Tells the Truth, have a nice day. That was Trump telling the truth. One of the funniest uh, Trump tells the truth in a long, long time. I laughed. I like that one.
Yeah. It was more like uh, it was more like a, a Tron, like a, a grinder. What grinds my gears segment from? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Tron tells the truth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember it all days? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like I said, I've never really gotten into Snap. Like I've seen, I saw it and I understood how it worked, and I went. Yeah. I have no, perp- I have no reason to have that. So, I don't know. Check out our Facebook page. It's on Facebook. It's called Another Digital Citizen on Facebook. 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 We also have an email address. It's Another Digital Citizen at Gmail dot com. Another Digital Citizen at Gmail dot com. Have we gotten any emails this week? No, we did not. What? What? <laughs> um, hey, uh, it's uh, Eurovision soon. Uh, that means that the first uh, semi-final is on Tuesday. So before we could record uh, next week. So that's why we're talking about it ne- uh, this week. I will give you some rumors. Yes, I was talking about Eurovision rumors. Um after uh, the first rehearsal, uh, Norway jumped from uh, eighth place to a second place in the bets look. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, after uh, the rehearsals, uh, I think I, th- I think we was uh, we were done at eight, nine, something. I don't remember, but now we're second uh, on the odds favorite to win the whole fucking thing with an atrociously bad song. So yeah, I don't know. Hmm, maybe they got that animation thing figured out. Yeah, and it's cooler than we know. Like maybe the that part got way cooler. Who knows? But the song is definitely crap. So. Yeah, and the rehearsal started uh, on Sunday. I have, of course, followed it. Uh, the first rehearsals and things like that. Some of it I've seen. Uh, some of it is really good. Uh, Netta uh, was really underwhelming on stage, sadly. Uh, but uh, is that ju- ju- is that just what you heard, or you've seen like footage of it or something? Oh, I've I've seen some of it, but I've also heard from everybody that saying that that was a little underwhelming. That people were. That's what really... I, I was expecting, actually. So yeah. People were a little disappointed. Uh, but I've given you the 19 songs. Uh, that is the, the first semifinal. And uh, we will pick five that qualifies. And how many actually move on? Because we're each picking uh, five just because it, ma- it makes it easy. But Yeah, ten. How ma- ten, ten move on? Yeah. Okay. So the final. So feasibly, we could get all ten right here if we both picked different ones, but I doubt we did. So. I doubt that uh, as well. Uh, my first pick is Azerbaijan. I like Azerbaijan. Um, it's uh, ASO and it's X. My heart is—is is it called? Um, we we haven't had it on the podcast, but this is one of my favorites. And uh, Azerbaijan is always the country that uh, puts a lot of money into uh, Eurovision. Uh, oh, okay. And uh, I think we have been in Baku, that is the capital of Azerbaijan, at least twice, if I don't remember incorrectly. But I have won before, 
and are always dangerous contenders and, and put a lot of money into it. So one of my favorites, Azerbaijan there is my first. Uh, yeah, first. we're not really doing this in any order. So no, I actually no. picked Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan as well as one yeah. of mine. So cool. I'll just, well, I'll go with you on that and you can go to your next one. Uh, my next one is Austria. Um, I love this song. Uh, Austria is uh, is uh, uh, Caesar Thompson with nobody but you. This is a really like church uh, music. Uh, I could almost like call it a little like uh, spiritual music. He sings like a fucking god, and I, 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 I really enjoy it and think uh, they will qualify pretty easy. Uh, I went with the Finland song next. Let's see, that's uh, Sarah Alto with Monsters, right? Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yeah, that was my next one that I had picked. Yeah, and you had that as uh, one of your favorites. Uh, you uh, gave Finland... I have it here. Uh, you gave it four points. Oh, okay. That's, that's yeah. much to do with you. My next one is a really shocking one. It's Israel. <laughs> uh, of course, I have that one down too as yeah, well. Not yeah. because it's my favorite song, but I, it's just because I know it, when it goes to the voting, yeah. people are going to vote for it just because they liked it before it even went to stage. So Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not super worried about their staging. She said in a press conference because she heard... Uh, like people saying, oh, this was a little underwhelming that she didn't give 100%, and this was uh, the rehearsals were more a uh, technical aspect of the song, and that we sure. would see more movement as uh, the rehearsals going on. So uh, we will see. So uh, you picked Israel, yeah? My next one is. There's only there's only so much movement she can do when she's behind a sampling right. board. So I don't know how much more active you can get, but we'll see, I guess. We will see. Uh, next one is uh, Estonia, and it's Alina uh, Nekavesia Melaforsa. We talked about this last week, where I gave it uh, 10 points, and you gave it 5.5. Your biggest Yeah, I had this score. on my list as well. Yeah, yeah your biggest score of, uh, of Eurovision countdown that we did. Uh, I will be... Super surprised if Estonia uh, doesn't qualify. Well, any news on the dress? Did they yes. raise the money? Or... Yes. Uh, uh, they came to uh, Portugal with a dress, and it looks fucking amazing look. Oh, okay. You, cool. you, you, right. I can't wait for you to see it. <coughs> it is amazing. Cool, and it's going to be bigger than last time, so it's yes. going to be more more impressive yes. than the first time I saw it. Yeah, yes. uh, uh, I guess the last one that I had on my list. Mm-hmm. Let's see, because I had picked Estonia as well. Uh, I had picked all those. So uh, Bulgaria, the group with uh, Equinox with Bones, mm. the last one I had picked. Uh, Bulgaria, uh, did you listen to that? No, we didn't. Would you look- uh, yeah, that was that was the one with the acapella group. Oh yes, 
Um, Bulgaria. Yeah, you gave that 3.5. I gave it 8.5. So that's your last one. Uh, yep. I think you have... Do you have one more? Yes. Or is that I your have, last one? No, I have... My, my last is uh, Greece. It's... Yani Tertsime Omeru Mo. And I I really liked it. You didn't you didn't really get it. I think uh, you gave it one point, <laughs> so you you didn't really like Chris. I really liked it. Uh, I also seen their staging uh, uh, after when and I heard it live. So yeah, it delivered. So we right. agree on Azerbaijan, Israel, and Estonia. Right. Uh, did we agree on? Yeah, those are the three. Yeah. Yes. And you had Finland and Bulgaria going through. I have Estonia. No, I have Greece and Austria. Right. So we'll see next week. Who? I think the ones most... that we both picked are pretty much a lock. But we'll yeah. see. I guess. Oh yeah. I'd be surprised. Oh yeah. I will be super surprised if uh, Israel doesn't go through with Azerbaijan and and. Uh, and Estonia, especially Estonia, because that's that's one of our favorites. Are you ready for the WWE book top tens from Margaret? Thank you, Margaret, again for this fantastic top ten book. The book of Margaret here. Are you ready for it, Luke? Let's do it. It's top ten Texan superstars. And if you don't get okay. number one, I will be so fucking surprised. And it's like, this is easy. All right. Yeah. Are you uh, going to read the little... Yes, I am. There's a saying that everything's bigger than Texas. This is definitely true in sports entertainment. The Lone Star State is home to uh, enormous numbers of superstars. Texan rich wrestling history has produced dozens of world champions, several of local promotions... And multiple WrestleMania events, too. Who is number one, Luke? Uh, Stone Cold. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course. See, Shawn Michaels probably on the list. JBL yep, he, probably number, on the list. Uh, Shawn Michaels is number two. JBL. Yeah, number eight. Uh, the Von Eriks. Uh, number three. Um, hmm, who else? Uh, I don't know if Undertaker counts because no, he is from yeah. Texas, but he's yeah. They say he's from Death Valley, Death Valley so yeah, no. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I got the first three though. So what? What else is on there? Um, yes, and number four is Terry Funk and the Terry Funk. Oh, Jr. I should have thought of that one. Yeah. Yep. Number five is Dusty Rhodes. Sure, okay. Uh, number six I don't is... really think of Dusty Rhodes as from Texas, but that is true. No. Yeah. Uh, he's from Austin, Texas. Uh, Booker T. He's from Texas. Uh, all right, sure. Uh, number seven is Eddie Guerrero, El Paso, Texas. Again, I don't... You don't, you don't, think, you don't think of him from as no, from Texas, no, but... No, yeah, okay. No, JBL, did you say JBL? Yeah, number yes. eight. Yeah, 
Number nine is Windy Richer. Who? Windy Richer. Oh, Wendy Richter. Oh, okay. Oh. I don't know how to say her name. <laughs> it's like a female superstar from the from the 80s. Okay. Maybe and, 70s, but I think it was mostly 80s. And number, t- t- number 10 is Tully Blackshirt. Alright, yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty amazed. You you did top three. That's that's the first time you never ever done that. Yeah, well that was like that was a pretty easy list, but I mean especially number one. But top three was a little interesting. I'm... Yeah. So thank you again, Margaret, for the book of Margaret WWE WWE book. Wow, that was a thing that just happened. Yeah. Speaking of WWE, did you see Raw and SmackDown this week? I did see Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh, you know what I did? I watched Raw a different way this week because I just was kind of busy. And I was like, I just wanted to get, like, Raw is so long, I'm sick of watching three hours of Raw. I'll be honest. I'm sick of watching two and a half hours of Raw, whatever it is, without commercials. Everybody is. <laughs> there, I, I was on YouTube and I was like saw this thing that was raw highlights and it was a 33 minute video of just all the highlights of raw and that's how i watched raw this week and actually i don't <laughs> feel like i missed anything so i watched the, the three hours of raw in 30 minutes and it actually it actually works it was pretty good i was like i got all the points it seemed to have everything cool in it so hopefully i didn't miss anything but i did watch smackdown and smackdown was awesome i thought yeah SmackDown is one of the best SmackDowns in fucking forever. I loved SmackDown this week. And now we have the bar on there as well. Yeah. So it's like they're just adding more and more wrestlers who you want to see on there. Yeah. And I just like like all the storylines that are going on on there. The Carmella stuff with the the Iconics getting added as well. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, that's the whole thing. uh, The whole show... is everything is somebody I want to see. Yeah. I think one thing that added this week is no Shane McMahon. Yes. That made it a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with you. I I just I I just think uh, SmackDown is so filled with uh, talent that it's breaming. Like it's breaming. It's it's giving space to uh, people that are actually really, really good. It's not like trying to... Um, uh, it's it, it's not trying to give you... Uh, it's trying... No, it is trying to give you something that's different from Raw. And it feels so much different from Raw as well. Right. Raw still feels a little stale, even after like the shake-up kind yes. of... The- what do they call it? The shakeup, right? Yeah. But SmackDown feels like a totally fresh show. To new me. show, like totally yeah. new show, and it's so weird. So, I think for me right now, SmackDown is way better. But that can always change. They could get stale soon. We'll see what happens. But so so far in the last two weeks, I've I've enjoyed it, and this last week, definitely way better than Raw. So oh, definitely. But I I, I the only thing I I super enjoy on on Raw. Was that they were in Canada, 
and fucking hell the audience was uh, loud made yeah. a lot of noise it was fun uh, Kevin Owens and uh, and Sam Zane's storyline was funny and uh, the commentators complaining every time that people were talking French was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, got, uh, at first, it was like a little funny, and they like kept doing the French thing, and it was like yeah. they did it a, li- a few too extra, like maybe too too many times for me, but yeah. it was still good. Uh, the crowd was the, it was the crowd was super crazy, and that was cool. But the storyline and everything that was happening in the show was not that great. So, I watched a lot of TV this week. Uh, I watched Happy with my dad. Oh, again? All right, yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, I wanted my dad to watch it, so I made him watch it with me. And I really love it. Um, even the second time around. Uh, oh, cool. Then uh, I started watching uh, Lost in Space. This is... Um, renewal of an old show I never from seen. like the 60s or something yeah, yeah I never seen a fucking episode of that have you old show I saw the movie when it came out in like the 2000s <laughs> with Matt LeBlanc from Pence. yeah it was terrible yeah <laughs> I heard some I heard some bad rumors about that movie yeah <laughs> no fucking way I'm going to say that. Uh, but uh, uh, I am super, super impressed. I really, really, really liked it. Look. Oh, right on. Yeah, I think it was. it's amazing. I've seen the five first episodes out of ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the uh, last episodes of The Looming Tower. Uh, also amazing. I need to watch that because now I've heard like multiple people talking about it, so I need to check this out. Uh, other than that, uh, I think uh, Westworld was uh, even more amazing this week. I was a little confused this week. I'll be honest. Yes, uh, I I was as well. But I, but I think it. you're supposed to be. Yes. But I mean, like, it, to a, it was confused to the point where I'm like. Ugh, do I need to like go back and watch the last episode to like know what the hell uh, am I missing something here? But still right. good. Yeah, uh, and the hundred was still good this week. Right on. I haven't oh. seen that episode yet, so that's what I've seen. Okay, what did I see this week? Uh, I talked about Raw, watching it on YouTube. Uh, would recommend uh, to basically everybody, especially if you feel like you don't have time to watch three hours of Raw. Um. Oh, Big Brother Canada. Are you up to date on Big Brother Canada? No, no, no. I give enough on Big Brother Canada. I've seen it one episode of it. Oh well, I would recommend maybe when the season's over, going back and binging it because it's been amazing. It's been I, amazing I, I, I will. I, it's okay. definitely something I'm going to binge. Yeah, I know that sometimes you do that with yeah. Big Brother. Yeah. This one is, it's an amazing season so far. And twist and turns, and uh, there's some people in here that are just like the people in American Big Brother. We hated what Cody and whatever the girl's name was. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a couple in this season that turn out to be almost the same. It's weird. Um, 
Joel what McHale did, show was, is still on. What's her name? Uh, Cody and something with M, wasn't it? Michelle. I'm I'm completely blanking. Like yeah, I can picture her face. Yeah, me too. But I, I don't. Know. They're getting married. I know that. I know. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. I think they yeah, got engaged. Me too. Uh, <clears throat> um. Right, the Joel McHale show is still yes. good. Have you yeah. been watching that? Yes. I think it's maintaining quality. Like it's not going down in quality. I, I think, I'm. I don't think they're probably going to get it renewed, but I hope they do. What do you mm. think? No, I don't think so. I don't. It's cheap to make. And if uh, the thing is, we don't, we're never going to know how many people are watching it because Netflix right. doesn't release any of that. Right. But if it's cheap enough to make and enough people are seeing it, maybe they'll renew it. And I hope they do. But oh, because I'm cool. getting spoiled now because I'm back into the groove of like back when the soup was on, and you'd be like, "Oh, cool, get to watch the soup and get updated on all these yeah. crappy shows I don't watch." <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I watched. Uh, the finale of L.A. to Vegas was yesterday. Remember mm. that show, L.A. to Vegas, bro? Yes. I would recommend... I know you didn't like it initially, but I would recommend no, going didn't. back and watching it. It turned out to be pretty good. Um, I thought just a was, funny, silly yeah. comedy. Say that again? Yeah, I thought it was pretty... Uh, I think it gets better throughout the season. Like, mm, halfway through the season, it seems like it even picks up more... Uh, but I would recommend going back and watching it. And then the only other thing I saw this week was the season six, episode one of Elementary was on this week. Oh, okay. Cool. It was on Sunday. So I don't know if you missed that. But yeah, I have. Hopefully uh, missed that. You have something to watch there. Uh, if you remember the end of season five. I did. Uh, where he, it turns out, there was like this lady following around Sherlock, and we're like, who is this lady? Mm. And it turns out the lady is in his head, mm. and he's at the doctor's office getting his head checked out, and we go deep into that in this first episode, so nice. uh, look forward to that. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's what I saw this week on TV. I'm a little surprised you haven't seen Hunting Nazi Treasure. Oh, I didn't even remember that. <laughs> Write it down. I know it's going to be just a really crappy reality show, just, so I'm not really interested in seeing just it. Just watch one episode for me, please. <laughs> I'll write it down. I'm more interested in seeing The Looming Tower than I am in seeing Hunting Nazi Treasure. But yeah, I know, but this is so totally... Uh, this <laughs> so weird. Uh, we are going to talk about the main topic. Uh, and uh, the main topic... Oh, my God. College of Integrated Philosophy. What is this? Right. Uh, and please say that's a really good question because I don't really know. It really is a good question <laughs> and it's hard to explain, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> the college itself is a physical building, I guess, right? Yes. So the College of Integrated Philosophy is a building in Edmonton... Alberta, Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a place where the followers of this guy named John Day... I don't know. Do we know how to say Routier. his last name? Routier. Routier. John Day Routier. Uh, him and his followers 
uh, go to seminars and meetings at uh, the College of Integrated Philosophy in Edmonton, Alberta, and abroad. Uh, right, because yeah. he goes all over the world. We'll talk about that in a minute, though. Um, I guess we should just go into kind of who this John de Retier is. A big fucking asshole, that's who. Uh, on the on on the outside, like I was, I was like kind of like oh, I was looking into this and I was like it doesn't really look this fucking dangerous. He seems like a, a one of the one of a million people that is a spiritual leader. He's Canadian. But, How bad could it be? They're so nice yeah, in Canada. Everybody's nice in Canada. But the more you go into it, holy fucking shit. Yes, uh, John de Routier was born on November 11th, 1959. One of two boys and two girls raised by a Dutch immigrant parents in the town of Sattler uh, in, in Alberta, Canada. He does look Dutch, doesn't he? <laughs> he, he looks really Dutch. Like when uh, I saw him first and I saw he was from Canada, I was like, yeah. he does not, he looks, does not look Canadian, but all right. But I mean, he was... Yeah, he was born there, so. Uh, while he was still a boy, he was taught shoe repair by his father. He was from a long line of shoemakers from De Bilt in the Netherlands. Do you know how, how you speak perfect, Netherlands? Uh, no. You put something big in your mouth, then you talk. Okay. Oh. <laughs> like a clog? Like a shoe? That's how you talk, Medland. Yeah, that's how they sound. Okay. And we lost our two of your listeners from the Netherlands. Oops. Oops. But uh, at the age of 17, uh, the Routier claims he had a experiment, a spontaneous state of awaking that lasted the year that left here uh, as abruptly that it has come. Following this experience, the Routier spent several years investigating many mis uh, mystical and philosophical traditions in an attempt to re regain uh, what he had lost. He found no existing system, religious dogma or technique that provided the means to the fill the void he felt. According to Routier, the only unconditional surrender returned him to the state of awakening. I don't know what most of that means. First of all, Me spontaneous state of awakening that he wanted to return to. I'm not really sure what this state of awakening was, so it's hard to say how he was going to return to it. Uh, but I guess that's probably what he was thinking too. Uh, and then only according... Only unconditional surrender returned him to the state of awakening. T mm -hmm. Surrender to what? <laughs> doesn't say that at all. It doesn't like specify. He ne that's one thing about this guy. He he's learned how to not specify anything ever. Oh, we will go into it <laughs> because what is his teachings? Uh, right. He um. I guess, oh, well, first, uh, he founded the College of Integrated Philosophy in 2005, right, uh, where he holds me weekly meetings when he's not traveling, 
The facility, the College of Integrated Philosophy, is said to be worth seven million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the public and it meeting, costs, it, and it costs money to 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 talk to this. Dude. We'll talk about it a little later, but he doesn't... I was surprised it wasn't as much. Like some of the people we've seen that do this, it costs a lot more. But like you said, we'll get. Oh it. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It doesn't really cost any much more money. But the strange thing with him is that I never. There's a Norwegian expression. Uh, called talkefishte, and a talkefishte is a guy that talks out of his ass and not really saying anything about anything, sure. and also trying to sound pronounced and really like <laughs> high on his horse and know what's he talking about. It's a little like this: like, uh, ask me, ask me a religious question. Look. Uh, oh, that's so random. I I don't. I, uh, what's, do, of life? what's the meaning of life? Oh, sure. What's the meaning of <laughs> life? Sure. You could see the meaning of life through the life that's running through your bloodlines. You could see the meaning of life through the human beings that you're meeting in your life. You can see the meaning of life in others. Like the tear in the little child that's crying on the street. Like that's <laughs> that's that's how we speak. Like you can see the crying. You can see see the meaning of life. Right. It's, a, it's how a politician mean. talks. Yes. Basically. Yes. Yes. But it, he talks. He talks so much out of his ass that it's like like uh, it's it's so hard to really pin down. What the fuck he's saying? I guess well, because he's talking so big in, in big words and 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 random shit. It's uh, yeah. Right, but you're kind of going past the what's actually happening here because you're it, you're making it sound like he talks a lot. No, but he doesn't. And that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't. Because uh, during the meeting meetings. You paid to be in silence. All right. In public meetings, uh, Derutier rarely addresses the whole group. He responds uh, at, from what I was reading in that one article, at the end of each, like the last thirty minutes of like a two-hour session, he will do one-on-one questions uh, with uh, certain individuals from the audience. He often right. responds after long pauses. Sometimes. The pauses can be 30 minutes or more. During these periods of silence, Deruder claims to be in a deep state of Samandhi. Uh, what is this? Uh, yogic, it's a yogic school referring to a state of meditative consciousness. Right. Uh, his teaching style has been compared to an oral-based teaching of Tibetan Buddhists where detachment and release are also key principles. I don't know who compared, who was comparing that, but all right. But yeah, from what I've seen of his uh, things, uh, like we were saying, you have to you pay to get in. Some people live at like this compound and they mm-hmm. work there. So I'm guessing those people probably get like the sessions for free, or at least you know they they work and in in turn get the sessions. You know what I mean? From right. and some right. people pay. But from what I've seen, the initial sessions like a three-hour session or two-hour session whatever it is 
what I saw, it was $10 on the website. Yeah, $10. Canadian. Nothing at all. Yeah. Yeah, Canadian. Which is, yeah, so, that's nothing. Nothing. Um, com- especially compared to some of the ones... I remember last time we talked... Yeah, sorry. Compared to some of the ones we've seen of other, yeah. you know, um, s- uh, seminars, and I said with yes. uh, air quotes, uh, from other kind of culty personalities, it's always like, Three hundred dollars for the weekend, or like a thousand dollars for front row seats. You know, it's these huge package deals. Where this guy's just like, yeah, ten bucks, come in. I'm not gonna say anything. Basically, <laughs> you're just gonna sit there, and I'm gonna stare at you. And that's what it is. They go in there, and they he stares at them for like an hour and a half, two hours, and then they do thirty minutes of one-on-one questions. Uh, and that's that's the whole kind of religion. And supposedly, um. From what I was to understand... Oh, here. First, uh, uh, it says, Deruder silence can inspire devotees in three different ways. First, it, it elects projection and si- the psychological phenomenon uh, we attribute certain thoughts and feelings to another. In other words, listeners often interpret his silence as understanding. Mm. What? <laughs> Second silence yeah. sometimes serves as a punitive purpose uh, or as a display of power, meaning his his silence is more powerful than if some people talk. That's what the the people who believe in him. And third, combining uh, combined with a gazing deeply gazing deeply into another's eyes, silence can create a sort of intimacy usually exclusive to lovers. Followers can confuse the act uh, that usually accompanies intimacy with actual intimacy. Uh, feelings connected to Deruder uh, in deeply loving and inspiring devotion simply uh, by gazing at them. So, okayness is also central to the Deruder's oh, yeah. philosophy. It's best understood as loving acceptance and can even exist even in moments of intense sorrow and in massive physical pain. This sounds fucking atrocious. The author says that truth lives of each of each one of us, and that a uh, level of awareness can only come from coarse, blending honesty. It's required to understand that. Uh, there's no necessity to uh, search. The writer is uh, uh, said to practice and recommend inner, inner quiet and in, integrity on all levels of life, from profound to the superficial. <laughs> right. I guess this is probably a good place. Let's go to his website and go check out his website. Oh, his website. Not oh, the not the college cool. website, but his website. Cause no. We'll, but uh, it's johnderoutier.com. That's john, D-E-R-U-I-T-E-R.com. Uh, where's a good place to go? I guess that let's go to the FAC. That's always a good place to stop, start. We, right? we, love, we love our FAC. Uh, can I meet John in person? So, right, uh... There are many opportunities to meet John in person. He attends the Jewel Cafe before every meeting. He also attends dinners, potlucks, and, and parties. John is widely available to speak with others about their lives and their awakenings. 
So according to them, he's not like you. You hear about these cult leaders sometimes, and they'll uh, cut themselves off from the rest of their group. You know what I mean? To kind of keep themselves separate, like that Russian Jesus guy. You would like only come down once a year or whatever. Remember that, bro? Mm-hmm. And this guy, it seems like he's more like mm, involved in the community of of whatever this is of the College of Integrated Philosophy, according to this website, at least. Why does uh, do John meetings and seminars cost money? John meetings and uh, are factored by thousands of working hours. The facilities for John meetings as well as seminars held around the world require a full staff uh, to operate. The audio and visual team work hard to produce ongoing recordings and manage hundreds of meetings while and informal talks with John. Generously, volunteers helps greatly, but remain ex- uh, expense to support John works in Edmont and around the world, the entrance fees he helps to cover these costs. And then we, we see down there, what are the prices for meetings and seminars? Prices for a regular weekend meeting at Edmonton is $10 at the, month, at the door, as you said. <laughs> Seminar prices vary on depending on whether or you register for the full seminar or select individual meetings. There are early bid rates in the registration detail for each seminar. International meetings are very uh, on price depending on country or time of registration. Right, and if you scroll all the way up to the top row, you see a banner for Israel Retreat. You see that? May 24th through the 27th? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this says... For that retreat, four-day retreat with John Poleg, oh, uh, at Poleg Beach, Israel, two hundred and eighty to four hundred and twenty dollars for a four-day retreat. Mm. Not, not bad. You were invited for a soul-searching retreat with our author, philosopher John Routier, in dialogue and silent connection with questioners. John <laughs> reveals enlightenment to be the tip of the iceberg. Speaking of ever finer levels of being human. From the heart to being to depths of meaning that we barely sense, John what? John describes a potential that transcends this life, yet answers it to the core. As the invitation is to see and be what you really are, threads of dialogue often include how to live in a way that is profoundly honest, how to live in a way that is infused with love, what is the deepest that we know is in this life. Is that even a complete sentence? What is the deepest... (laughs) What is the deepest that we know in life? What is the deepest what? (laughs) What do we know is beyond this material life, right? Oh, I love this dude. It it is so like... It's so like, it's so like, ooh, touchy feeling, ooh. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's going all <laughs> over the world doing this, apparently. I mean, according to what I'm seeing. Uh, 
Let's see. <laughs> so, yeah. I wish she come to Norway. Coming up. Okay, we got one in Israel, and then after that, Denmark, and then back to Canada. Two different places in Canada in July and August. So Israel to Denmark, back to Canada. Yeah, he's all over the world doing this. There's people who pay five hundred dollars. It looks like to sit there and have this guy stare at them. But I mean, I mean, it's five hundred dollars for a whole fucking weekend. It's not like four, well, four days, so even longer yeah, than yeah, four, four days, yeah. I mean that's actually not too bad when when uh, when we talk about other people. Oh my gosh! If you go to watch in the top and then it says live stream, you can live stream him staring at you. Woohoo! They have a video on demand section on his website. Free transcripts, inspiring quotes. Oh, inspiring quotes. We got to look at that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Anytime you uh, close or harden, you believe yourself and forgive your heart. Mm. What? I don't get it. Profound happiness isn't dependent on anything staying together. It comes from being rooted deep within what cannot fall apart. This is, there's a lot of these. Honesty always soothes your heart, and as soon as you have honesty, you are uplifted with gratitude. It's just like, he is like a guy who writes those crappy posters with like the... Nothing has to change. Once you realize that these are delicate, lovely eyes, begin uh, to very gently open, and the whole universe is new. It's yeah, it's it's very just nonsensical gar gobbledygook. <laughs> that's that's what I mean. That's what I mean. It it's 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 like I said, talk, Vista. A, a man that talks about absolutely nothing. He talks uh, absolutely nothing. But these are just like the thing that, or at least what I was reading, like what, the only time he really talks, like we said, it's like. Uh, when he, when they do the question and answer, when they do the one-on-one, -on -one, and it'll be like him, they'll ask him a question, and he'll sit there and stare at them, and it, what it said on the, the on that site, that it, he can sit there and stare at them, thinking about the question, for up to 30 minutes. And then he can come out with an answer like that. Like a one to two sentence answer of what their question is. Uh, like you were saying, like the meaning of life, or something like that. Right. But I found a question here. Uh, I'm really bad at reading English. So can you please uh, read this for me when I click the fucking chat? I hate the new Skype. I hate the new Skype. I hate the new Skype. I've gotten used to it at this point. <laughs> but they seem to keep changing it and changing it and changing it, yeah. But I, I have a question here about uh, uh, um, what humanness is. Right, so from the fact, uh, so you can tell, so can you tell me what he, what is humanness? And John says, uh, you're being presented, you're being present with delicate feelings. Humanness is fundamentally connective. When you have empathy, it is because you have yourself. 
it's because you, of your humanness. You have empathy because it's because you're in touch with your humanness. A sensitive self is se sensitive to itself, whereas even just a little bit of humanness that is free to flower within us, within us, within the self, opens up a sensitivity that is conditioned to the self. It's a con it's a sensitivity that is connective everywhere within and everywhere outside of yourself. Your humanness is meaning in yourself of you. <laughs> that made zero sense. This is just like <laughs> it's like stream of. That's you know, what I mean. Have you ever because... heard of you know what stream of consciousness is, bro? Where you just yeah. like start, just let whatever comes out of your mouth come out. That's totally yeah. what it. This that that just sounded like. Just yes. total stream of consciousness. Yeah, it's like we walk on the. Life of path, the path of the life we have in front of us. Oh. Okay, but we have to talk a little about his... Uh, there's some... Is he controversial? It's a leading question. Uh, yes, I would say so. <laughs> um... Yes! Because uh, further controversy has, ours, uh, has arised. Since one of Rother's female followers died in mysterious uh, circumstances in 2004, teen and in 2017. And John Ryder had publicly admitted to having sex with some of his female followers. He referred this to as the calling. Right, that that happened in 2017. Right, the, the girl disappeared in 2014, and then he said that in 2017. Right. Um, uh, it, also, another <sighs> thing, in 1999, a public meeting, uh, in a public meeting, uh, his wife confronted him after learning that he was involved with two daughters of a devotee who invested in the organization. The two... Who were who are sisters were also followers of him of De Reuter himself or themselves. Later, they sued him in in court uh, for support because they said they were his. Uh, uh, what's the word where you you're married because you've lived together for so long, uh, whatever that is, common law of wives, right? Mm, so mm, he was mm. sleeping with these two sisters while he was married. Uh, and his wife ended up divorcing him, I guess. But this guy who was investing in his organization basically uh, gave this guy his two daughters. Which is creepy as fuck. <laughs> a little. Uh, then we also have a, a Vice article. Uh... And it's called The Canadian Man Who Commands a Cult with His Gaze. Uh, this is from 2015, February 28th, uh, by Har Harmon Leon. Uh, I, I sent you this. Uh, you read this. Uh, what did you find out in this article that you didn't know? Uh, I mean, just uh, what I was saying about the uh, the two the the husband or the the guy who was the investor. That was the thing that really we found out. And then it kind of goes mm. more in depth about um, uh, 
because really what this article is all about is a guy who went to one of these seminars. So it really goes in right. depth about what the seminar is, what they do there, uh, kind of what's going on, and um, then him doing his um, one-on-one quest- questions right with people. Mm. Which the one uh, a Dutch woman asks, how do you, how to see a how do you see a speck of gold that has no weight? Uh, it is weightless. And he answered her, you enjoy knowing the gold directly. It's real to you, the gold. You respond to what you know is golden. You see that which is most deeply real in you. Uh, the <laughs> Right, so that was his answer to a question that wasn't even a question. You see mm. what is mostly real in you. What's, what's most deeply real in you. And then, and there's like, uh, there's a way of doing brain control in this cult that I find amazingly strange, because uh, I was looking at the pictures, and this in this seminar when this person was. I would say 80% are women. Uh, That's what it sounded like, yeah. Yeah. And it looks like he has um, a gaze with women. And he has had tremendously much feedback about, like, having sex with a lot of his uh, his people. Uh, That's, like, always the case when it comes to one of these cult groups. Is the guys right. having sex with all these women? Oh, it's every single time. Yeah, but there, I, I do, I do think it, it's also kind of interesting. There's a quote here I, I really like. Have you ever taken acid? She asked me. <laughs> That's when uh, what it's like when you hear John. You listen, and suddenly something snaps, and you get it. And. Uh, there's something about that. Like I, I think there is. I, I, I'm not going to say that there's drugs involved for a hundred percent sure, but there has to be some, some part of this. I, I mean, I haven't seen any evidence of that at all. But uh, it does. It, it wouldn't surprise me. No, but I what I see here is it's more of like I said earlier with the, this whole thing. It's a these people are looking like uh it's it said in the article. These people are usually already people who have been on the path to try to find the spiritual to try to find some spiritual awakening. Like they've already gone into Buddhism. They've already tried Christianity. They've already mm-hmm. tried happy science, you know what I mean? And they they're looking they're looking for something to like uh, to offer them that, and they go to this this guy, and he offers them basically opposite of what every other re- every other religion is trying to tell you what to believe. And this guy's whole thing is, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm going to make you right. make up whatever the religion is in your own head, and then you can believe whatever you want to believe because that's that's what they're interpreting in his silence. And then the other thing was, um the whole idea of uh, him being in silence as kind of being um, a punitive 
a display of power. Like it shows, like mm. if when you see the the hall, it's all of them, and they're all like, they're not even in chairs; they're on the ground, kind of in Buddhist um, kind of meditation uh, position. And he's up on the stage in this big giant chair, uh, kind of. They're all looking up at him. You know what I mean? So he's kind of displaying his power in that way as well. So they see him as this powerful being because he projects himself that way. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. And then the whole thing of him going to each person of the group and taking like Mm -hmm. a few seconds to stare deeply into their eyes. uh, That that goes back to the whole intimacy thing. So that these people end up, they're already looking for something that's gonna, that's it's spiritual. And when they meet this guy, they think they get this feeling of power from him because that's how what he projects, and then they also feel this intimacy. So they feel like they're being intimate with power or being intimate with like a higher being, and they start to interpret right. it that way, and that's how they fall for this kind of stuff. I totally agree with you. It is kind of brainwashing. Uh, it is brainwashing. Of course, it's brainwashing. But uh, last, before we move on, uh, we need to quickly go to the College of Integrated Philosophy. And you can find that on collegeofidentityphilosophy.com. John opened the college in Edmund, as we said, for meetings. But uh, I (laughs) I wanted to go to special events, Luke. Okay. Because Is that under I, events? I like, oh, under events, and then go to special events. All right. Yes. Uh, because what is their special uh, events? Oh my gosh! When you click that, it actually just reroutes you back to the John com website. If you didn't notice. Yes, I, yeah. I know. Uh, know yourself uh, and the good people around you. The New Year's party. Western-style barbecue, David Thompson Resort camping trip, cinema nights, and other festivities. Yeah, I guess so. Western-style oh. barbecue. Um, Western, I, well, I guess it's just not Southern. Uh, I guess that's what mm-hmm. they mean. So, what, did you t- what do you think about this? Final thought. <sighs> this is... I mean, it on the outside it seems l- less creepy, but when you start mm-hmm. to think about it, it's even more creepy because he doesn't have to really do much to to brainwash these people. No, no. Like he doesn't have to sit there and try to rationalize all this stuff. He doesn't have to like he's not channeling a being from another planet like some of the people we've done. He's not. Um, he's not claiming that he's Jesus either. Or anything like that. He just claims that he was... uh, Wait, what did he say? Uh, When he was younger, he had a year where he was on some level. Mm -hmm. What was the the exact word? Oh, a spontaneous state of awakening that lasted Mm -hmm. him a year. So it's not like he's saying that he's Jesus or that he's Buddha or Muhammad or anything like that. He's just saying he reached this state of awakening and then he tried to find it again through all these other things and then had to invent his own religion to try to get back to the state of awakening uh, using unconditional surrender. And But it's so it's so strange that he just... He doesn't have to explain <laughs> the religion at all to anybody and they still follow it. 
It's so strange. How do you not explain the religion? How do you not understand <laughs> the thing you're following? Yeah. It's like he lets uh, them make it up in their own head. That's the whole idea yeah. of the religion. Yeah, yeah. Make your own religion up. <laughs> it's like like Build-A-Bear Welcome. Workshop, except Build-A-Religion yeah. Workshop, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to us. On the crazy scale, from 1 to 10. It's actually not as crazy as some of them, but I'd still give it like a 7. Uh, I would give it a 7.5, yeah. Eight, maybe. Just crazy. Do you think that's crazy? Probably. Have you seen a movie this week? I did. I what? saw... Oh, actually, didn't you see some TV this week that we didn't talk about yet? Now I'm lost. Didn't you see a TV show about a cult called Wild Wild... Oh, yes! Wild Wild Country, yes, of course. What did you think of that? Fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. Did you get to finish it? It's long, isn't it? It is long. Uh, No. I've, I've seen half of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's very good, though. But it's really, really, really good. I I, I really enjoy it and uh, would really recommend it to anybody. Another guy just having sex with people, like the women, in the, obviously. You know, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, see, what did I see I think, this week? Oh, go ahead. I, I, have, I have a short little story. Uh, I, I talked about somebody uh, with that, with Joseph Smith, uh, you know, the, the founder of Mormonism. Right. Uh, and and his polygamy law thing, like he was married with eight wives, I think it was at at the end, or if it was sixteen or uh, at the, uh, yeah, a sure. lot of wives. Yeah. Anyways, uh, and I was like, the perfect thing if you're like super super horny guy is like create your own religion, <laughs> like. Oh, one of the laws is you can have as many wives as you want. <laughs> right, really this, this John de Ruger, we're never going to get his... We said his name like 20 different ways, but he said it was called The Calling. Uh, yes. That these women were called to have sex with him. That's, that's creepy in and of itself. Yep. But yeah, everybody yeah. go check out Wild Wild Country. Very good show. But I saw a movie on Netflix that was called oh, The Week Of with Adam Sandler and Chris Rock because it was recommended to me by our friend Bill. Why did Bill recommend you such a bad movie? He said it was awful. And I said, it can't be that bad. It's got Adam Sandler and Chris Rock are pretty funny. No, they're not funny anymore is the answer. <laughs> they, they've ceased being funny. They were they were funny at one point, both of them. Now they are no longer funny apparently because this movie was terrible. It was Father <laughs> of the Bride. It was the exact same movie, Father of the Bride. Yeah, my friend Margaret said uh, said it was awful. She yeah, it's, it's awful. really bad. It's, yeah. it was. I didn't laugh a single time in the entire movie. So, <laughs> wow, that's pretty pretty big of you. Uh, that that's that's almost impossible. 
it just there was nothing funny about it and it felt it the whole movie just felt really uncomfortable because there were like these weird undertones of i don't know like this racial undertones going on in it which i guess were supposed to be fun like it was supposed to be awkwardly funny but it it felt uncomfortable to me so i don't know what about you you see a movie this week i have and it was avengers infinity wars looks like mars i guess there was an mm -hmm. Oh, was there Morgan Freeman? A group of remarkable people. <laughs> it sounds out. like Morgan Freeman, doesn't it? Well, it did at the beginning, and it's changing voices, I think. So mm. they needed us. We could fight the battles. That, that, it's just that, isn't, uh, Morpheus voicing over this movie? Oh, good! Another Marvel movie. We were, we didn't have enough of those, so <laughs> not like there's forty thousand of them yet. Well, it's ending now, so. Are you kidding me? They're gonna make another one of these. You know that, right? Yeah, one more. Yeah, okay. it's one more. I know. I know. Run from it. <laughs> After watching the ending of this movie, <laughs> there has to be another one. Uh, and then a giant purple man, purple toe person. Yeah. Engage all defenses and get this man a shield. This is actually a really crappy trailer, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the Nintendo Power Glove, everybody. Oh wait, that's not not what that is. <laughs> I think it would actually be cooler if it was the Nintendo Power Glove. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, no. Oh. Who the hell are you guys? I mean, it's the... Oh, cool funky music at the end there. Okay. Uh, Avengers oh! Infinity War? What is... Yes. What is this Oscar-nominated movie about? Iron Man, Thor, and Hulk, and the rest of the Avengers. Why don't you just say the Avengers, then? If you're going to say the rest of the Avengers to begin with, <laughs> why did you have to start with those three? You not, uh, yeah. They unite to battle the most powerful enemy yet, the evil Thanos. Which of course is a del uh, holds deli delicious beverages and keeps them cool. It's like a nice cooler, <laughs> Thanos. On mission, on a mission to collect all six Infinity Stones, Thanos plans <laughs> to use the artifacts to inflict their, his twisted will on reality. The fate of the planet and its ex and existence itself has never been more uncertain, as everything the Avengers have fought for has led up to this moment. 9 out of 10 on IMDb, 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, so good scores. Yeah, 
And I fucking get that. Uh, but uh, before I talk what I thought about this movie... Right, because you've seen what it. What did so. you find? Yeah, I have seen it. Uh, what uh, did you find on Facebook? Right, let's see. Uh, I got one from Lee Oram from Facebook. He says, uh, I would have loved to have seen all of this film, but why should I, I have to sit and hear mobile phones clickety-click, clickety-click, all the way through the whole, all the way throughout the film. Really, no joke. We sat down for twenty minutes of the film just to have it spoiled rotten by selfish people who could not sit and enjoy the film. Uh, we did report it to the cinema cinema personnel, hoping they would come back and ask the people to stop using their mobile devices. Uh, but there was not a problem, uh, so that guy was not happy with his theater experience, obviously, but. Uh, Donna Mattis says, I was upset. I should have just waited for the movie to go to the dollar movie theaters. I was so disappointed. The ending really sucked. Can't believe I wasted my time and money on this movie. Uh, and I guess I'll do a good one. Just, you know. <coughs> um, Joshua Derpo says, A complex and powerful villain, plenty of emotional moments, heart-pounding suspense, fun banter between heroes, Robert Downey Jr. shines the brightest... Uh, an ending that subverts expectations. Uh, this was an exciting and excellent film. So, there you go. Some different views on it. I've seen all of the Marvel movies, look. Okay. I've, I, I have not skipped one fucking single one. I've seen the bad ones, and I've seen the good ones. I've seen the worst ones. And awful ones. I've seen the good ones, and then the awful one again, and then the good one, and then yes, and so it go continues. I've seen all of the Marvel movies. Look, I have. I had to see this. You're not shocked that I. I had this as my number one on most anticipated movie of the year. Oh right, okay. Um, I think it was number one. It was definitely in the top five. Sure. I remember that. But um, I, I'm i not going to go and spoil it for people uh, because I'm not I'm not the jerk. But I, I without going into the plots, uh, I will say it's one of those movies that felt like this was... Uh, Transport, uh, transport, uh, uh, thing. It, it felt like this was in middle of of another movie. Like this was this is getting us from point A to point B. So the next time we can pick it up in point B and go to point C. Sure, do it's you, just setting up for the next get, movie. Is what you're saying, right? It's a lot of setup for the next movie. Because they didn't have enough time say, setting up uh, this movie or the next movie, you know, in the last 20 movies they've done. They didn't have time to do that. Right. I mean, we had Adventures, Adventures, uh, Age of Ultron, and, and all those others. Uh, well, adventures. and then all the individual movies for each character. Yeah. yeah. But, but saying that, I did not dislike 
the journey it's taking me on. There's something, there's something about that this movie feels a little overpopulated. There's too many people in it, and it feels like that's clear from uh, the, just from the trailer. Yeah. Yes. And it feels like uh, they're trying to give everybody like a part. Part like okay, Spider-Man gets this part. Uh, 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 then, then we give a little to uh, uh, to uh, some uh, the Hulk. Then we go and give it a little to Captain America. I like it. It felt like it's trying to like tell a, a, a lot of stories, and some of the stories in this movie is just fucking boring, while some of them are really interesting. But the ending of this movie saved the movie for me. Okay. I, I, I think, I think it's one of the best Marvel endings I have ever seen, because I have no fucking clue how they will pick it up uh, next time, and I like that I don't know. I like. I like the ending without going in, into it. Uh, uh, that was so. Uh, I think it will be somewhat controversial, and and I it think already that is. From, it will, uh, on the Facebook, yeah. uh, there are people on both sides saying it's it's a great ending, and then there's people saying they hate it and it ruined the movie. I mean, you just heard that from my right. reviews, so right. So I I love the ending. Um, all in all, uh, this Marvel movie out of ten, I will give it uh, seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. Adventures: Infinity War. Hey, you and me watched some of the greatest Rumble, Royal Rumble together. Right. Uh. I'm on the west coast of the United States, so I got up at whatever, 9.30, and got on the call at like 10.45, and there had already been like three matches that happened, because it yeah. started so early where Five I am, matches. but um, yeah, but yeah uh, I ended up seeing the rest of it through. later anyways, so not yeah. a big deal. What did you think? What did you think? <laughs> it is kind of funny, though, because it's like the very opposite of what usually happens at pay-per-views. Where yes. Fro yeah. ends up leaving early, <laughs> I ended up coming in late. So late, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had fun. Me and Bill hanging out, watching the show, yeah. and it was like I said, strange to be watching a pay per view that early in the morning. I'm eating breakfast and watching a pay per view, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, why don't you do go through? Pay-per-view. Why don't you go through the matches, and I will say oh. one. John Cena defeated Triple H. Right, and you got a point there. Cedric Alexander defeated Callisto. Um, why do I not? Oh, right, we both got a point there. Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy defeated Cesaro and Sheamus. We both got a point there. Jeff Hardy des- uh, defeated Ginger Mahal. I got a point there. The Bludgeon Brothers defeated the Usos. Uh, we both got a point there. 
Seth Rollins defeated Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and The Mists. Uh, nobody got a point there. No. I had picked Balor, and you had picked Joe. Yes. AJ Styles uh, won over Shinsuke Nakamura, but it was a double count out, so none of us get the point there. Uh, Under- is that right? Yeah. Let me double check this. Uh, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura fought to double oh, count. Oh, yeah, out. okay. Yeah, no points there. Yeah, yeah no points. The Undertaker defeated Rusev. And we both got a point there. Brock Lesnar won over Roman Reigns. And I got a point there. And Braun Strowman won by eliminating Big Cass. And you had gotten a point there. Yes. But I had picked and Big what, Cass. Was, yeah, which yeah was... it was... It was so funny. Uh, both of our picks were in the ring for last time. So that was really funny. It was fun just because both of us were cheering on our guy to win. And then yeah. uh, it just that very last little bit was the funnest part for me and Fro because we had bet on it. So that always makes it a little funner. To, even if it's just a bet for something silly, it makes it kind yeah. of fun yeah, to yeah. just be able to... Uh, it just makes the matches a, that much more interesting when you're betting with a friend, so... Uh, I thought I had won this, but I had put down that I had a point for AJ. Ah. So we tied six to six and we did Mm. not come up with a tiebreaker for this. Yeah, we did. What was it? We did. Oh, right. And you won the, I won the tiebreaker tiebreaker. because the tiebreaker was whether or not the Royal Rumble went first. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I did win. And yes. I decided I I could I didn't really think of a topic, but I'm just gonna go to Wikipedia. Gonna go to Wikipedia, <laughs> and I'm gonna look up list of people claimed claiming to be Jesus. All right, I'm going to the list of yeah. people who claim to be Jesus Wikipedia page. Now I'm just gonna scroll back and forth with my eyes closed, and then let the cursor drop on one of these names, and that's what we're gonna do for a topic. All right. Oh, David Koresh. <laughs> that's a good one. Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's totally random. I like, I, like, I totally closed yeah. my eyes and just scrolled up and down. And that's what I came up with. So, David Koresh, uh, the Waco, Texas uh, massacre, of course. Ah, that's it's, This is going to be an interesting uh, thing to talk about. Yeah. Oh, I love David Koresh. And I just uh, watched Waco. So... I love how your backlash prediction uh, uh, link is the adventure movies. Yo, is it? Oops. <laughs> My bad. I clicked on it. I was like, oops. That's not backlash. You want me to send uh, you the link or do you got it already? I will Google it. Oh, it's uh, yeah, Google it. I can start it right now because I got it up, so... Uh, Backlash this weekend. I'm actually not going to be able to see Backlash this weekend because apparently, Aww. like, uh, the WCWC show is the same day. Uh, this Backlash was supposed to be last weekend, but because of the Greatest yeah. Royal Rumble, they bumped it. So WCWC had already planned a show so that it wouldn't be on the same day as a pay-per-view, but WWE moved their pay-per-view, and now it's on the same day as a WCWC Aww. show. So I'm not going to be there for the pay-per-view this Aww. week. 
Uh, first time in a long time, but, you know, it happens sometimes. Okay, I have it up. Let's start. Uh, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Oh, I gotta go back for abs- over here? Right. For absolutely nothing. Uh, right, I mean, it's random. just... They're, the, they're definitely making Braun Strowman full, full, uh, full face at this point. Yeah. He's a full-time good guy, so... I mean, it was iffy there for a minute, but definitely Braun Strowman's the face. I mean, there's a lot of people talking about he's the, he's going to be the new top guy. So we'll see if that happens oh, yeah. or not. But what do you think about I hope so. the, on this match? Uh, I will go with Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. All right. I went Owens and Zane. Cool. Then we have Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass for absolutely nothing. I will go with Big Cass. Okay, I went Brian. All right, cool. We're, we're mm-hmm. going opposite. I, I think this, this match is yeah. just being built as big guy versus little guy. That's all it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe. I don't care his answer. I'm, um, looking, I'm looking forward to see Joe wrestle again, which we haven't seen in a while. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I love Joe as well. Um... The thing is that Roman Reigns has lost two of his last matches on the pay-per-view, and it's the return of Samoa Joe, so it makes it a little hard, actually. I will let you go first. I picked Joe. I think they might be going with a storyline where, like, Roman Reigns loses and loses and loses and loses so much that maybe he either turns heel or that the storyline is, oh, he can't... Feels like he can never win, and then he finally wins the big one. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But since since you went with Joe, I will go with Roman Reigns. Okay. The other thing is Joe is on SmackDown, remember? we got to keep remembering right. that. But all pay-per-views but are dual-branded is... pay-per-views now. So. Yeah, and this is, isn't for anything. So. Then we have a singles match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. It's Carmella versus Charlotte Flair. I really hope they put it on Carmella still, so I will go with Carmella. That's what I said as well. I can't picture them taking it off of her, putting it on Flair this quick. And then last week, or this week, she ended up hooking up with the Iconics, and they can cause some kind of (laughs) distraction and have Flair lose, so it's, it's already written for it to work, so... Yeah. Uh, Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. I love the new Alexa Bliss promos. <laughs> really? They're very controversial. People hate, like, there's a lot of people that really I, hate them. I love them. I, I'm kind of indifferent about it. I kind of am like, it's, it, it's not a great storyline to me, but I love people are offended time. by it because they're saying she's like, Making fun of being bullied, which they oh. people take really seriously, I guess so. Oh. But I, I will go with Nia Jax. Uh, I also went Nia Jax. Okay. Uh, let me think. Do I want to change that? No. They're not going to put it back on Bliss again. That would be silly. No. No. Nia Jax has had it for two weeks, so... Not, not that she had it for two weeks, but uh, 
Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton, and this is for the United States Championship. I said Orton. Yeah. No, I I will stay with Hardy. I don't really know what they're doing with Hardy, but I just feel like no. I don't. I I don't know. I feel like the reason they no. put it on him is so they could get it on to somebody else. So that's the only reason. I when yeah. I think about it, Orton I... is probably not the best person to put it on. But no. my whole thing was that I think that the reason they put it on Hardy was to get it on somebody else. So yeah, yeah. I totally feel the same. Uh, then we have the Seth Rollins versus the Miss, and this is for the Intercontinental Championship. Seth, really? You you're saying Seth? Yeah, that's what I said as well. So I we're gonna agree on that one. Then we have a non-disqualification match for WWE Championship, and it's AJ Styles versus Shinsuke. I am such a good heel, Nakamura, and I will go with Shinsuke. Uh, that's what I said too. Um, go with AJ. Come on. Sure, I'll go AJ. <laughs> oh, I, I I changed for you, so. I think this one is a pretty good one to have it be a toss-up because I think either guy yeah. could. I think AJ could retain, but it would be better storyline writing to have Nakamura win and then have people chase him since he just right. became a heel. Yeah, right. How many matches do we agree on? Uh, one, two, three. Three we agree on. Three um, out of eight. Yeah. Yeah. So it will be a. Different number. That's just what uh, we don't need. A... We shouldn't need one, but the thing is, who knows if we're gonna get like a note, like a DQ or like a countout where we don't have any points. So we should come up with something for a tiebreaker. Um, what's a good tiebreaker? How about does Ronda Rousey appear at this pay per view? I say no. Okay, then I'll say yes. Yeah. Did Braun Strowman have that title that they gave him at the Greatest Royal Rumble on Raw? I don't even remember. No, no. He didn't have it at all? No. I was so disappointed. No. I forgot to... Like, it it totally spaced my mind when he came out whether... Now that I think about it, he did just walk out without a title. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. no, That is weird. Without the title. There, yeah, did you see the whole I, thing I that the uh, Saudi Arabians put out about... There was apparently... WWE had like a WWE promo that was like mm. just in between matches that had female wrestlers in it, and the Saudi Arabians got really mad about it. <sighs> Fucking get over it. I know. We were we When me and Fro and Bill were watching the pay-per-view, we were making jokes about the Saudi Arabia thing yeah. the whole time. It's oh, like, yeah. better not steal the show. They might cut your hand off. That kind of thing. <laughs> oh, wait to run the Rousey who runs out. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was a cool thing on SmackDown we didn't talk about is Lana being back with Rusev. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I love Lana. 
Okay, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, no, it's westcoastwrestlingconnection.com. Go check out the TV show on YouTube. Do it. I know somebody that works there, and it's actually really good independent wrestling. Mm-hmm. I watch every fucking week I watch it. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. And I'm not actually just saying that to be nice to look, because I don't care. <laughs> it is good. It's just really, it's decent wrestling with some old school style booking, uh, as far as pro wrestling booking goes. So if you like that, you'll enjoy it. I don't care if you don't like me. And <laughs> uh, check out uh, that wrestling show where we will go in depth of uh, this pay-per-view and I will give you my real opinion of who I really think is going to win. Because I don't do that here. <laughs> uh, talking about wrestling, next week we will talk of uh, our top uh, five worst and best current WWE wrestlers. And that also means tag teams. And NXT. So tag teams count as and one wrestler and NXT counts as WWE. So Yes. Uh, we will do news of the week. We will do backlash results, and we will have a do- another digital review of Overboard. What is Overboard? Uh, I'm guessing it's a comedy. That's my guess. You guess that? Yeah. Sounds like comedy, doesn't it? Did you, uh, we didn't talk about the White House correspondence dinner at all? Did you see the? Oh yeah. Did you oh. see the stand-up bit? Did you see the yeah. lady? Did you watch the whole thing? I thought it was hilarious. I thought yeah. she was hilarious. She was. So I've never even heard hilarious. of this comedian. The 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 whatever her never name ever. is. But I I thought she did really well. I mean, she got a lot of heat from people because they said she was being sexist <laughs> or whatever. But I thought she just like really told the media like uh, she really gave it to him. I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. She just like let him have it. No, one one of the best correspondent in her stand-ups in a long, long time. Oh, definitely. But and of course, Trump wasn't there. What a surprise! Right, he went out and did his own thing. But I mean, but Sarah Huckabee Sanders was there. Right, that's what everybody got offended by. But I mean, the thing is, it seems like you can't be a comedian nowadays unless you're a late-night uh, host that doesn't offend people like you can't there's no comedians that don't offend somebody at this point so unless you're john oliver so which i guess he does offend people but just because he's a moron other nothing else come on i like john oliver i know people like those shows and you know i don't like those shows no you don't care at all well from the united states of America and from Norway. This has been another week, another digital citizen. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. 